Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Money Mitch Effect. My name is Mitch Michaels. Thanks, everybody, out there for joining. Hope your uh, day, your week is going well. With football season in the rear view, we're switching our attention to the winter sports now. Got Brandon Marcus on the line, my good buddy, NBA aficionado. Brandon, thanks for joining the show. It's been a while. Uh, you know, we had football season go a week longer. We're right post-All-Star game now, so I'm uh, excited to talk some hoops with you. I feel like I take the back seat during the football season, then all of a sudden that's when I come back on yeah. your pod because I looked at Skype and the last time that we talked was in <laughs> August. It was mid-August. And so here we are, yeah. football season's over, six months later and we're ready to back, get back into NBA and hopefully MLB at some point. Yeah, and just to be fair and to be honest with you, everybody pretty much in my life takes a back seat during football <laughs> season. So you're not the only one. Uh, I mean, I should probably fix that. But no, it's uh, it's good. You know, the NBA All-Star Weekend was in my native Cleveland, Ohio this past week. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Are we, are we ready to say set All-Star Saturday night is jump the shark? Or because that I don't know if it was the worst, but I know the dunk contest was as bad as I can remember seeing. I actually changed a channel during the dunk contest. I was Same. watching with my wife and we were probably in the second round of dunks. And so I think it was still the first round, but everybody still had their second dunk. And there were so many misses and they were taking so long to actually go and dunk that I changed it. I, yeah. I put on something else. I was tired of it. I watched the three point contest, which frankly is probably the best thing now of all the things they have. And then the skills competition was just complicated in terms of all the different things they had to do. And I didn't know that it was the, the Antetokounmpo's that were facing the the three calves facing someone. It's like, what what's going on here? It feels like they keep trying to tinker with it. And I, I miss the old days of the Jason Richardson and Vince Carter and guys that actually could dunk and it not taking four hours. Yeah, I'm with you there. You made it a little longer than I did. It was the exact same issue, though. It was just so many misses, the time limit. And I know they've tweaked with the rules. They used to have the three opportunities. They used to, you know, have the shot clock be a little shorter. It's just too long. Uh, I, I'm not, I actually think there is hope. Like, there's people out there that say, I don't think you're one of these people, but, you know, we've seen everything there is. I don't think that's true. I think in sports, there's creativity. We were saying the same stuff, and then 2016 happened, the Gordon Levine show, and it was incredible. So I think there is a way to make it good. And, you know, part of it, too, is just being honest and open. Like, you're going to have to be realistic. There is not going to be a guarantee it's good every year. Um, but well, I, it's entertainment at the end of the day, and I just wasn't entertained this year. And, and it's also who's in it, you know? Like, it, if we had LeBron James or we had actual guys who were big stars that were big-time athletic dudes, great. But the household guy does or late household person individual whoever it is doesn't know who obi toppin is you know like it, it just feels like they're i mean i think last year they used somebody from the g league mm. it just doesn't make sense what they're doing right now it feels like they're really trying to get people who will say yes and they're going really far down the list where they need to get someone to actually commit that will make it interesting i mean it's it's not great when you don't have your biggest stars in that contest where they used to be, you know? Yeah, it was cool to see Carl uh, Anthony Towns win the three-point shootout. Um, yeah. that, that actually is a pretty consistent event every year. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going to get too picky in, in, in what this is. Uh, the All-Star game itself, what were your thoughts on kind of just how that that is? I know I saw comments from, uh, I think it was Josh Donaldson, say baseball is really the only true uh, All-Star game where it's kind of the same level of competition, which I kind of agree with i do think though basketball you're going to have that issue of if it's an exhibition 
the defense isn't going to be there, and that's going to drastically you know, decrease what we see on the court. Yeah, but I feel like with the Elam ending, you're getting a mix of both, where you have everybody that's messing around and trying crazy dunks, and we wouldn't have gotten that Steph three from half court if it was a very competitive thing, I would imagine. Whereas you have the ability to mix it where it's competitive in the fourth quarter, and you have a buzzer beater no matter what, you know? Like, you have a game-winning shot because they're playing to a certain number. My issue, I mean, to bring up MLB is that you get people talking to Joe Buck in the outfield. I mean, that's <laughs> not the same competitiveness. Yeah. Get out of here. I mean, there you have pitchers that are in there for one inning that are throwing fastballs, and that's basically all they're doing, you know? It just... I would disagree there. I feel like it's everything is taken down a notch. It's just the NBA's is more obvious mm-hmm. because you have the ability to just kind of, you know, let them go by. What are you going to do that in baseball? You're just going to throw an underhand pitch. There, there's no real taking a da- taking it down a notch in baseball, whereas you can in basketball. Yeah, and I'm not going to be one to ever really defend the MLB, but I do like creative ideas, even if they fall flat. And yeah. the problem is there's no stakes. Like, there's nothing that you could do. I mean, MLB tried it. They went too far with the World Series, you know, home field. But, like, if you can't provide any stakes to the All-Star game, because obviously money is not a, a stake anymore for these athletes, too, I just don't know how you would ever fix this. And I get it. Like, you don't want to get hurt. It's an exhibition. You're not benefiting from it. But I think that's ultimately going to be the case. You're never going to have, like, a... NBA regular regular season type atmosphere in these games. Exactly. And and you don't want that. You don't want guys getting hurt. I mean, there's only a couple weeks left in the season. It's crazy. This is so late in the game. But Mm -hmm. if you play fantasy basketball, for example, there's legit two weeks left until playoffs. And it's rare where you have an all-star break this late. I think the Clippers have played 61 games (laughs) and it's basically 20 games left. Whereas normally you see it kind of at the halfway point or close to the halfway point. So you don't want to get guys hurt. I mean, it's a fun game where it's not really competitive for three uh, quarters. And then for the fourth quarter, it is. And you have a game that may not have been close that ends up being close. And you have LeBron hitting a one a one-legged winner uh, at the end. Yeah, it's just funny. When you said that, I thought of something. Like, as sports fans, we're always like, well, we need, you know, why can't, you know, hockey gets the same thing. Like, why can't they go, hockey and basketball, go into later in the summer when it's just baseball? But the athletes don't want that. They want their right. summers off. So that's, you know, I think that's part of it, too. Uh, the NBA 75 team was uh, officially unveiled. They were already released, you know, well, uh, months ago. But, they all came out 25 years to the date in Cleveland. Same scenario, the All-Star game where they unveiled the 50 greatest players. Uh, thoughts on, Brandon, your thoughts on this list. I, I do know that I want to preface it with it was the NBA 50 plus 25. They didn't remove any guys from that first 50 list. But what were your thoughts on the list who maybe missed out and you thought should have been there? That's exactly what I was going to say, though, is that their biggest issue is that they went 50 plus 25. Because there are guys in the top 50 that should no longer be in the top 50. And you have more than 25 guys that should get in that top 75 now. I mean, you look at guys, Dwight Howard, Kyrie Irving are a bunch of guys that are getting uh, talk that I agree with. T-Mac. Yeah, Tracy Mm -hmm. McGrady, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the thing is with these guys, there's so many good players. It's hard to kind of judge one versus the other. It's hard to even look at the top. It's hard to judge LeBron versus Michael Jordan. They're both incredible basketball players. Why can't we just call them incredible basketball players? Whereas you try and get this top 75 and there's always going to be snubs. There's snubs when it's the MLB all-star game, the NBA all-star game. There's always a couple of people that deserve to be in. 
And in this case, it's not as much the 25 that got in to add to the 50. It's more of the guys that should be in over the initial top 50. Yeah, I felt like, and they did this in 97 with, I mean, Shaq made it as a 24-year-old, and that was a futures bet that obviously paid off well in advance. Yeah. But I thought they did that with, like, Anthony Davis over Dwight Howard. Now, Davis has had the injury bug, but, like, you can't deny what Howard's done. Uh, and then Dame Willard's the same way. I mean, Dame Kyrie was a tough one. They give it to Dame, and I know you know these guys have a lot of basketball left. It's it's nitpicking. There wasn't anything, like, completely egregious, but I'm with you. I mean, if it's not... It's almost like they should have just unveiled 25 new players and done that. <laughs> like, I don't, the NBA 75 is probably not the 75 best players, but everybody who was there and who was lucky enough to be, you know, alive for the older time, it's all people that contributed to the history of the game. So I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have guys, for example, like Pau Gasol that were, won a couple titles and he's been incredible both foreign play and the NBA. Dwight Howard, I mean, there's so many different dudes that were, at the top of their game, Chris Bosch, Tony Parker, and you mentioned Vince, I mean, Tracy McGrady. There's also Vince Carter's teammate. There's so many guys that we loved watching growing up. It's hard to compare. Even a guy like, if you compare a couple of the guys I just mentioned, Pau Gasol versus Tracy McGrady, how do you compare the two? You know, they're different players. They're getting different numbers in terms of the titles. It, it's hard to compare players that are probably close to equal footing, but just are different type of dudes. I agree with you there. Uh, let, let's get to the regular season stuff and before we break down some of these teams and races as the playoffs are fastly approaching. Uh, the first question I have for you is, who do you have as the MVP right now if you voted today? Oh, man. Starting out hot. I know. I think you have to – it's hard to give it to Jokic just because Denver is so far back in the West. I mean, you would wonder where they would be without him, and he's having an unbelievable season. and. Giannis is obviously a couple games back of first place. It's tough because I could legitimately be okay with four to five guys. Like if you told me Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, DeRozan, Ooh, those yeah. four guys, you, you could put all those there. I wouldn't have a problem with any of them. And I wouldn't have had a problem with Chris Paul before he got hurt. And even Steph Curry with how yeah. good he's been. So yeah. you have a lot of guys that should be considered but probably right now, I think if you take away what's happened in the past and you just go and look at it, probably Giannis. But, I mean, Embiid's right there and so is Jokic. It, it's so hard because I think the first thing, and we're in the same thought process, is I think you have to be a top four team in the yeah. conference. And the Bucks are currently fifth with their two and a half games out of first. So yeah. that's part of it, too. You mentioned Jokic and his season, and I don't. I mean, I don't quite get some of the, I don't want to say slander, but some of the people not feeling Jokic, like you watch him play, he affects every aspect of the game. And if you took him off, if we're doing the true test of most valuable to his team, he's up there with anybody, they could still get to probably four, I would say. I think they could get there. And if they're if they're passing the Mavericks and the Jazz and they're you know a top four team, then it's going to be a different conversation. Uh, I would probably at this moment say Embiid, and that's just maybe me being impartial to what he's doing and you know all the noise on the outside. But it is a close race, and we're a long way from finished. And the point with Embiid is that Tobias Harris has been good. 
has not been what he's worth money Is there a player that's gone faster from underrated to overrated from when he signed the contract than Tobias Harris? Because I feel like, I, I, you know. I don't even think he's overrated now because I don't think people like him. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where he's now not uh, where his contract is. And it's not his fault that he got that money, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he was yeah. very good with the Clippers. And he was very good and consistent his first couple of years with Philly. It's just that now... He's kind of fallen off a little bit. And frankly, you could point to Ben Simmons not being there as the creative part of that offense for possibly why he's dipping a little bit. Um, he's not taking as many threes. And you could look at Tobias and what he does is that he's able to spread the floor. So I think with Philly and you bring up Embiid is that without Embiid, they'd be screwed. I mean, it's as simple as that. No Ben Simmons this year. Tobias not playing that great. So I don't have a problem with Embiid getting it. And the reason why he finally gets to get thrown in the conversation is that he's been healthy for the first time yeah. in what feels like forever. Yeah, I uh, I also don't like the narrative that you know if you've won it before, whether it's Jokic or Giannis, a couple times you're like not eligible because we want a new storyline. It's the best player this year. Like we start from scratch, it's the best player. So, um, but again, my big thing is you got to be a top three or four team at worst. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. <laughs> you know, I don't want. I don't want it to just be a stats award and, you know, basketball, especially being the sport where you can make the most impact. Um, you mentioned him earlier, though. I want to get the topic of former MVP candidate who's not in the running anymore. Chris Paul's injury. Weird how that happened. I wasn't watching the game. I think it was the last game he played before the All-Star break where he had the thumb issue. And I saw you bring it up, too, Brandon. Uh, he just has a terrible luck of fluky, weird, quirky injuries. All the time. All the time. It, it happened with the Clippers in the playoffs where – he and Blake Griffin got hurt, and it's just weird injuries. And all he did was have his hand hit um, and by Tate, I believe it was, on Houston. And all of a sudden, he's out for six to eight weeks. He's had issues with his hand, um, and it's unfortunate. And what's crazy is that he's been healthy. For the last couple of years, he's been healthy. He was hurt in the playoffs last year. Um, but he's been healthy for the majority of the last couple of seasons during the regular season. And that's been huge. It's been monstrous, and that's the reason why the teams he's been on have done so well. So it sucks, but the timeline works out where he's going to be back, it seems like, right when the playoffs start. But nonetheless, it's now something that he has to be worried about going into the postseason because probably Phoenix was the favorite before he got hurt. And you look at the Eastern Conference, you have so many teams that are jumbled up. This is the one year, Mitch, where it feels like there's no real favorite and you could see one of probably eight teams winning it all. I I will push back there. I, I don't think there's that many that can win. I think the East is wide open, but yeah. Phoenix and Golden State would be the two in the, I would say Milwaukee because of what they've done and how good Giannis is. Uh, and then also, which we'll get to not really buying some of the additions on some other teams as contenders, but I think Phoenix and Golden State have separated themselves so much. And the fact that Phoenix has a six and a half game lead in the standings is huge for this time without Chris Paul. Uh, and part of that being, I mean, I got vibes from, and we've seen it in sports, but the the Spurs run of when they lost to the Heat and then beat them the next year, they came into this season pissed off and possessed. Like they have an objective, you mm-hmm. know, and you've saw it from, from opening, from the opening tip. It's that culture change that Chris Paul, Monty Williams and company have done. And uh, I, I definitely think they can overcome this. I think they've set themselves up so well that they are going to be able to, you know, keep the fourth down. I just think six and a half games is a lot for even Golden State to make up. Uh, it's just with, with, you know, seven straight, the Suns have won coming into this one. Oh, I agree with that. Uh, there's no there's no doubt that Phoenix is going to win the West. And the issue is that once you get in the playoffs, if you have a series that's Memphis versus Phoenix, 
Dude, I, I could see Memphis pushing Phoenix, and mm. Memphis is a really good team. And so you look at the NBA right now, and Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis are three teams in the West. And then it's not going to happen, but let's say that Kawhi and PG came back for the Clippers. All of a sudden, the Clippers can be thrown into yeah. that group. And then in the East, uh, I could see Miami winning it. I could see Philly winning it. I could see Chicago. I could see Milwaukee. I mean, those four teams yeah. are are pretty good as well. That's why I think you probably have six to eight teams that could be there. I mean, look at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Nobody really thought Phoenix was going to go yeah. to the NBA Finals last year. So all it takes is a couple of good matchups. And with the Lakers being as poor as they are this year, LeBron is obviously the force to be reckoned with in the postseason every year, but that's not probably not going to be the case this year. Yeah, I guess where I'm where I'm not quite all the way there is I think those teams you mentioned in the East can absolutely make the final. I just don't yes. know if they're good enough to beat a Phoenix or a Golden State in a seven game series. But yeah, but all it takes yeah. is to win four games in the postseason. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you make it to the finals, all it takes is mm-hmm. one injury or one yeah. suspension and or, or one guy randomly getting COVID or something, and you could see something tilt the other way. Are you surprised at all with this Golden State? I guess resurgence is the best way to put it. And remember, I mean, we know this, but it didn't happen right when Clay came back. Like before he came back, they were, you know, coming out like gangbusters. Steph is, you know, Steph Curry. There's not much to say, but it hasn't all been him either. Like, are you surprised that Golden State is picking up seemingly where they left off before they had those couple rough years? Yes, yes, because they were awful last year. I mean, they were really, really bad last year. Um, I mean, the last couple of years, rather. And, and you look at, what they did. I don't know what their record was last year. Um, they lost and did, uh, yeah, last year, was it two years ago? Or last year they lost them like that playing around to the Lakers yeah, and then they lost to the Grizzlies Mem- too. Was it Memphis that they lost to? Yeah. Um, yeah, they didn't make it in because they lost Lakers and then Memphis back to back and they didn't get into the playoffs. Yeah, so, th- so they were at the bottom of the West and then they were terrible the year before yeah. that, which allowed them to get Wiseman. <laughs> it, it, it's surprising because... Who really is there that wasn't there before? It's Andrew Wiggins, you know, like it's because Clay is obviously back now, but they were good before Clay got back from injury. I mean, Clay only got back recently. So you look at what they are running out there and Wiggins was great. And that's why, I mean, he was named to the all-star team and you have Wiggins and Curry and Draymond, who was phenomenal. And they've just figured it out. I don't know how they've done it. Um, I mean, they've done it because of Steph Curry. But it's been really impressive because you look at their team and it's not a team that you would think is a huge threat outside of Steph. But then they go and they throw out guys like Jordan Poole mm-hmm. and Otto Porter Jr. And you're like, oh, OK. And they've got depth this year and guys that are fitting the system. And even guys like Gary Payton have been great defensively. That's helped their team a lot. Yeah, they're back to playing fun basketball again, uh, which is yeah. cool to see. And, uh, you know, they and, and it's the cliche stuff, but they've been there before. So when you get to a seven game series, I trust these guys. <laughs> it's, yes. You know, it could be it could very well be it's shaping up right now to be Memphis Golden State second round, which would be a fun series. I think, you know, what Memphis has done and John Morant is one of the biggest freak athletes I've ever seen on a basketball court. But they haven't been there before. And these guys have the rings and they have the experience. They have the pressure moments. So. That's where the trust factor is. But that being said, I just I love everything about John Morant and what he's doing for his Memphis Grizzlies. It's come out of nowhere, too, man. I mean, it's one of those things with John Morant where he was good in the postseason last year. But this leap forward is really unexpected. I mean, he's doing it in all different facets of his game from the mid range, attacking the hoop to distance as well. And 
he's been able to rack it up defensively. It's it's interesting because they had this core of Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, and John Morant, and it seems like all those guys are good. So when you end up hitting on all your draft picks, you all of a sudden see yourself at third in the Western Conference. It's okay, one of those see. things where yeah. you're terrible, but if you decide to draft well and they hit, then you're in great shape. And they even got rid of Jonas Valanciunas, who was great for them last year, and they bring in a guy in Steven Adams, and it just seemed to fit their system. You know how many teams would take just like two out of three? And they get, yeah. they hit on all three. Yeah. Uh, it's it's exciting. Uh, Brandon Marcus here on the Money Mitch Effect. What's not exciting right now is uh, the current state of L.A. professional basketball. Yes. Uh, but let, let's start with, uh, you know, the team that's not dear and close to your heart, the Lakers. What a disaster they have become this year. Um, and But are I, we surprised? Well, that's, I mean, what, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I'm not surprised at them not really being, you know, a contender because of the offseason just completely dooming them in. But mm -hmm. the bottom is a little worse than I thought. Uh, when they lost that game to Portland, was it two weeks ago? When Portland had already traded McCollum, they basically had a couple, like a, a, a glorified D-League team out there. Yeah. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of guys checked out. You know the look in a professional sports setting when players just aren't in it. And that was what I saw. And, you know, the, the offseason, you know, it's not just the Westbrook trade. That was a huge part of it. But the guys, they didn't re-sign. DeRozan wanted to come there. He's not there. You know, obviously uh, Caruso was a big loss. But uh, I guess not totally surprised, but it is a little jarring to see the Lakers once penciled into the Western Conference Finals every year look just this mediocre. Yeah, and I, I said right when the trade happened that it actually made them worse. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it that Russell Westbrook just does not fit in a contender's team now. It just doesn't work. And with the Lakers, when you end up going and investing in Westbrook and then you have AD and LeBron, you're banking on health and you're banking on two guys now. AD's always hurt. And LeBron is finally showing signs of wearing down. I mean, he's now gotten hurt, I feel like, in a couple seasons in a row now where he's been out for different periods of time. And it's brutal. And you, if you don't have the depth, and the Lakers definitely do not, I mean, imagine if they didn't sign Malik Monk. I mean, Malik Monk is a really good basketball player. If they didn't sign him, it'd be a true disaster. And I didn't realize how big of an effect you mentioned him, Alex Caruso's loss would be because. I thought when Caruso got that Bulls contract, I was laughing. I'm like, you got to be kidding me with how much money they gave him. But then you go and look and see how good he's been and how he's able to help both offensively and defensively. And he's a big part of what the Bulls are doing this year. So the Lakers just don't have the depth and they just don't have the chemistry. And when you end up banking on two guys in AD and LeBron and you surround them with very mediocre pieces, you're screwed. And sure, I didn't expect them to be this bad. But I also didn't expect them to win 40 plus games or 45 plus games like everybody was saying at the beginning of the season. So them being poor is not really a huge surprise. Them being this bad is a surprise. That's why I like you because you admitted your your good call and your bad call. Yeah. <laughs> you know, didn't hide the losing receipts there. But everything you said was correct. And also it was a lot. Most of it was you know, preventable. They could have signed Caruso. They could, it wouldn't yes. have broke them to do, make these moves. And, you know, they weren't up against it, obviously. Uh, and then you hear the clutch stuff with how bad that's getting behind the scenes. And that's what happens. Like you get, you know, and LeBron's still doing great and everything, but you know, now they, they wanted to trade for John wall. That was the big thing. And it's just a lot of mess. A lot of stuff's getting aired, uh, Brandon, as we know, but another part of it is as bad as the supporting cast has been, AD just can't stay on the court. And I remember what, two years ago, a year ago, 
when the debate was Giannis or AD, who would you rather have? How funny is that to think about? Yeah, yeah. No, it, health is a, a big part of today's NBA. And if you look at the Clippers, when they got rid of Patrick Beverly, everybody on Clippers Twitter was freaking out because he's a fan favorite. And I said right away, I love the deal. He can't stay healthy. Yeah. And Eric Bledsoe can. And you need guys who can stay healthy when you have PG and Kawhi who have been injury risks. And what do you know? Both those guys get hurt. Eric Bledsoe was huge to what they did before they traded him. So, I mean, for the Lakers, you look at their schedule, by the way, their final four or five, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, Denver, four <laughs> of the five teams that they face. They also face OKC in there. But So good luck at the wow. end of the year. So your Clippers, you know, because right yes. now Clippers, Lakers, eight, nine, final like play in game. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen there. Uh, would you say, I mean, this, the short question would be, do you think this is all injury related? Like, do you think that there is something there like everybody gets healthy, whether it's this year or, or going into next year, that it's back to business as usual? Or there or are there other flaws to this team? No, it's injury related. It, yeah. It's only injury related. If you had PG and Kawhi both healthy, this team would be top two or three in the in the West right now. Um, probably top two. I mean, they've been really good. They're a 500 team, Mitch, and they've barely had any of their stars available. I mean, PG's been out for a while. Kawhi's been out the entire season. I think the um, PG, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum combo, those three, I think, have been on the floor for only a couple of games total. So they've been crushed by injuries. Marcus Morris was hurt. Nick Batum was hurt. who has been a huge part of what they do. Um, they were going through a stretch where it seemed like every other game somebody else was being put into protocols. They lost Luke Kennard, who's been huge for them this year. So it's really been health that has crushed them this year. And the only reason why they're at that 500 spot right now, one game under, is because of Ty Lue and, and what he's done with this team and how this team just truly buys in to every single game. I mean, they had no business winning the game before the All-Star break against Golden State. I mean, no business. And they beat them by 15. And they almost beat Phoenix the next night in Phoenix. So it's just a really competitive ball club. And if they had Kawhi and they had PG, and now if they had Norman Powell, mm. who's tremendous, they'd be in a really good spot. I hear what you're saying, but Kawhi being healthy, like, I don't know. I just, is it? Well, that's, you know, that's a big if, that's of course, thing. of course, of course. And it's more of a, but if, if they're healthy, then yes, they're one, two team. But the question mm -hmm. is, can Kawhi yeah. stay healthy? That's a different story. Sure is. Uh, I do want to talk about the Eastern Conference for a little bit. And uh, everyone had their takes on the trade uh, two weeks ago, the Simmons, Harden deal, the Nets and yeah. the Sixers. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm never going to defend Ben Simmons. I just think it was handled completely poorly from, you know, not taking any accountability to it looks like hiding behind mental health and all this stuff and just not wanting to be there. But, you know, forgive me if I'm not all on board that James Harden is going to make the Sixers a contender because we're seeing a trend here, Brandon, that it doesn't get happy and he just pouts his way out of town too. So I'm on the, I don't know who won this trade and I don't know if it's going to make a difference come NBA playoff time. It's an interesting take, a very interesting take, uh, because when was the last time James Harden was in the NBA Finals? You know, it's it, uh, has he been there? Maybe has he? No, I don't yeah, think it was he's been with the, there, it was right? with the Thunder, and they traded him immediately after. Yeah, I, I mean, apart from that, when when's the last time he's actually um, been in that final game? You know, it's those. He's tough. He's a really tough guy because it seems like you, like you said, he's just pouts. I mean, what? How can you go to a team with KD and Kyrie and still yeah. find a problem with it? You know, it's just 
it's one of those things. And obviously the Kyrie vaccination stuff has been an issue this year and him not being on the floor. If he's healthy, probably that deal doesn't end up happening. But what's to say that Doc Rivers is going to figure it out in Philadelphia? Mm. Doc mm. Rivers is the king of blowing 3-1 leads and <laughs> he hasn't done anything recently. I mean, he's obviously was good with the Clippers and got them into that contender status. But once it comes playoff time, yeah. he's been a flop. But how about so, and how about how when Harden plays in the playoffs, when they lose, look at the stat lines from some of those last games. Yeah. Well, and so you're going to try and and who's getting the last shot? Is it Embiid or is it Harden? Because guess what? Embiid's the better player. Oh, yeah. So no kidding, yeah. what is that going to do to their offense? Trying to figure out the Embiid. Um, and Harden dynamic when you also have guys like Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. So mm-hmm. how are you going to figure it out? And it's going to be really tough for Doc Rivers. I'm not sure it's going to work. I'd rather, honestly, if I'd rather have a team like the Heat or the Bulls that yep. are a cohesive unit um, than a team like the Sixers. And then with the Nets, I mean, who knows? I mean, right now they're the eight seed. Um, so it's KD, <laughs> it's Kyrie if he's available. Um, Simmons is a good player defensively. Uh, offensively, like we saw, he's limited. And that's the reason why he was traded, because he couldn't end up attacking the basket and laying it up or dunking it. Instead, he passed it off in the playoffs. And he was not afraid, or he was afraid to admit that it was his fault, that he messed up. And then at the same time, he got thrown under the bus, which is what you yeah. don't do if you're Doc Rivers or MB. You mm-hmm. just don't do that. So both uh, both parties were at fault there. Yeah, I just, I mean, when he showed up and, you know, was just walking through those defensive drills, that's what I'm like, then what are you actually here for? You know, that's what yeah, just like. Yeah, yeah, we also of. don't know what's going on behind the scenes and what's being said. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that, that that's the difficult part in these situations. And it, it, the issue now, Mitch, is that the player empowerment, man, yeah. it, it's, it's gotten to a really bad place. When it started, I feel like, obviously with LeBron and when he was able to dictate, but you look further at Anthony Davis and sitting out games until he was traded. It's gotten to a really bad place where now it feels like players are kind of, and it's, it's bad to say this, but they're throwing ownership under the bus. I mean, you build these teams for a reason and you have this outlook when you build a team and then it gets thrown out the window when these guys who are making billions and of course, making millions, of course, these owners have billions end up screwing up the entire team. I think the agency conflict is equally or yes. worse um, yes. when you have, you know, players that are represented by the same agent trying to just strategically get to the same team or that whole thing. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I mean, Seth Curry being a part of this deal, too, I think is going to hurt the Sixers uh, going forward as yeah. well. Uh, lastly, on you know, on basketball and what's going on in the East, we mentioned all these teams, the Heat and the Bulls at the top. Anybody else you're thinking might make a move? How about, you know, the Cavs looking good at that four seed, staying in the mix? Uh, the Celtics are hot again. Anybody else? Yeah, the, and the, the interesting thing is that the Cavs just continue to win. I feel like nobody's going to give them the appropriate due until they actually win a playoff series, and then people be like, oh, okay. But that's a fun team, man. you got to be happy that you've got guys like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and Darius Garland. Like You've got a really good group, and you talk about player empowerment. How about Kevin Love, who just didn't give a crap of a basketball the last couple of years and all of a sudden he cares yeah. and it's look what happens. He uh-huh. cares. And now he's a sixth man of the year candidate. So it's one of those things where again, with those players is that they determine whether they want to be there and whether they want to play. He's even, admit, even admitted that he was just not thrilled with basketball last year, not thrilled with win, uh, losing. And now that they win, he's back in it. So um, yeah, uh, to answer your question, uh, you can't discount the Celtics just when they have Tatum and they have Brown and they have Robert Williams who's great defensively. And they, mm-hmm. I loved the Derek White deal. 
I thought Derek White was a huge addition to their team. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you have a lot of teams there, Brooklyn, Boston, Cleveland, that could be there with the other teams that have been solid. And so we'll see. Yeah, we certainly will. Uh, anytime, you know, when the Cavs getting Moby getting arguably the best player in a draft when you're not picking one, that's a huge win yeah. for the franchise. And we'll see going forward. And the last thing I just had was, you know, All-Star Weekend in Cleveland, you know, was it was a hit across the city. I have on good authority that at the newest uh, bar that opened in downtown, it's a country bar. Jimmy Butler was a volunteer bartender. <laughs> Love that. Just Love loves, that. loves his country music and his country bars. So. He's uh, just a oh, yeah. man. You look back to what was it when he was in Minnesota? Well, he's just where, a, he's an alpha and he's a tough yeah. guy. And, and look, fights in practice. I, you know, I maybe I'm in the minority here just based on my kind of upbringing, but I don't see that as a bad thing. It's better to happen out in the open than to just sulk and, you know, carry that with you. So, yeah. And, and listen, he a couple of years ago, he decided to take on the, uh, or he decided to take the four worst players on their team against the uh, the A squad and go five on five in a scrimmage mm-hmm. of practice and say F it. That was at the end of his uh, tenure with Philadelphia, wasn't yeah, it? Where it was. It, yeah. He's not backing down. Uh, and then, oh, the other I forgot to mention, too, do you consider Sacramento the worst-run organization in the league? Yes, yes. <laughs> that Halliburton <laughs> trade was awful, and they've just, I've looked at it, they've probably picked in the top ten the last, like, ten years, I think. Yeah, and they continue to miss. I and mean, you look at Bagley and how bad that pick was. Mm. Um, I mean, they've made some disastrous choices. I, I mean, you look at Fox. Fox is a guy that sure was good, but Halliburton's better. And they decide to keep Fox. Um, and then Rashawn Holmes, who's been really good for them, now is just on the bench as they get Sabonis, who's been good, by the way. But it's just, it's really poorly run. Really, really poorly run. I think now you can look at teams like Oklahoma City and Houston, and you're kind of curious where they're going to end up in a couple of years, you know, because. Houston's got a couple of good youth pieces and Wood and Jalen Green and Kevin Porter, but and then OKC's got all those picks. So Sacramento doesn't have that. So yeah, they're screwed. Good times in Sacramento. Good seats still available. Uh, Brandon Marcus, pleasure chat with you. Basketball. Uh, last thing, are we gonna have a baseball season? Because I would like yeah. to watch baseball, but I gotta be honest, I'm starting to lose confidence in Rob Manfred. Well, I mean, you're starting <laughs> yeah, I'm to. I'm yeah. surprised you still have some, to be honest. <laughs> it's been so bad what he's done to the game of baseball. But it's going to – I think there's going to be a season. Um, I don't think it's going to start on time. Lose a game? Are we going to lose games? No. I think the spring training will be shortened. It's just one of those things where you look at what they're arguing over, man, and it's so stupid. It's like how many teams can be in the lottery for the MLB? Is it three now? So it goes to four and the MLBPA is um, saying eight, maybe like, it's just, it's so dumb what they're arguing over and like the service time, like you're clearly manipulating these guys and keeping them in the minors because you want to keep them for an extra year. Like you shouldn't be able to do that. So eventually I feel like the MLB will give into some of this stuff and it's a good sign. They're meeting for the second straight day. I think today, so something will be figured out. Yeah, I mean, I'm not one to really keep up on the entire offseason of the MLB, but it just feels like it, you know, what's going on with baseball? Like, no no one knows because we're not not sure if we're going to have a season and with free agency and whatnot. It's just, it would be good if we had one. And, uh, you know, you got to see your angels, what they're going to look like. You mean the 500 angels that will continue to be 500 for the rest of eternity? I I was wondering what would be worse, right? If you had like a team like, you know, Sacramento that just whiffed and did all this stuff and couldn't even find talent, or if you had two generational talents and still couldn't really, you know, get to the playoffs. 
listen, Anthony Rendon's now got two full years to get healthy, so uh, figure <laughs> it out now. Uh, hey, man, I was going to also say as a parting shot, I know you haven't been following hockey too much, but the Anaheim Ducks are an exciting team. they got a you lot of good young American talent. Flashing. You know what? You know what's funny about that is that I was just looking yesterday um, at the NHL standings, and I uh, texted my buddy who's a big uh, Rangers fan, and I was like, what happened to the Ducks? They were really good to start the season, and now they're falling off a cliff, and they're barely even in the playoffs. Like, they may not even yeah. make the playoffs. Disappointing. Yeah, it's they're ahead of schedule. That's what I'd say. Like, there's two types of teams falling apart. It's the teams that should be there and shouldn't, so I would say, yeah. you know, it's on the swing up. Uh, Brandon Marcus, pleasure always talking uh, hoops and, and other sports with you. Uh, good luck with everything going forward. We'll check in around playoff time, see where we're at, and maybe pick some series. Sounds like a plan, man. Can't wait to be back. That was Brandon Marcus on the Money Mitch Effect. If you like the show, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search Money Mitch Effect, and it comes right up. We'll be back next week. More winter sports, more around the world of athletics. For Brandon Marcus, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep enjoying sports.